Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like, and share it, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It's 2.48 p.m. East Coast time. It is Monday, October 21st. And we're going to take a first look at the Week 8 NFL showdown. Not showdown. The Week 8 NFL slate, right? So what we're going to do with that now is I'm just going to look at it. Um, before we get into it, this is just a disclaimer. I'm not doing this as, oh, I'm going to build a lineup for you. No, no, no. I literally just want to look at the salaries. And I think that people have had um, just entertainment. And it's interesting to see how I react to that. And then, yeah, we can put a light up together as we go through it slash at the end of it. But for the most part, just willing uh, and want to really just look at these salaries and see where we're at with quarterbacks, see if we continue to see trends in the salaries, if anybody's just completely underpriced like we have seen in past weeks with players, and then evaluate it from there. Again, it's Monday. I have no injury reports for you. Technically, we're still in week seven with the Monday Night Football slate coming out tonight. If you're by the time you're watching this, if it's still not Monday night, you can check out that video. You can check out my appearance on the Pat Mayo experience from Monday, talking about the upcoming week, recapping last week. But yes, don't take this literally. We have no Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, really Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice reports yet. Nothing on most of the players who were injured in those games. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that uh, and we'll build the best possible lineup that we can. But again, just mainly want to take a look at these salaries. So before we get into it, if you're new here, welcome. Many people seeing me uh, new for the first time. Uh, the NBA season is starting tomorrow as I film this, and I'm going to be doing a daily video for the NBA as well. So you can check that out if you're interested in the NBA. It's my, uh, my personal favorite uh, daily fantasy sport right there with PGA, and then football kind of falls in after that with a bunch of other sports, uh, to be honest with you. But um, that's not to say I don't love playing DFS football. It's just I like those a little bit more. So uh, with that said, let's get into this video you can check out the description down below for anything really down there is just free giveaways um there's uh you can find my patreon exclusive content follow me on my social medias at salvetri dfs as well as also on instagram salvetri facebook page you can like it salvetri all those spots you can leave a review on the podcast which is linked up down below on apple itunes and you can leave a review there five star review say something nice and then also though what you can do is you can leave your fantasy draft handle for a chance to win a 25 dollars value entry into their main event contest on sunday winners from last week will be awarded at the beginning of this week, the tournament filled so they could not get you those tickets on Sunday by 10 a.m. at the time that I contacted them. So we'll make sure that we contact them earlier this coming week. Let's take a first look at this. Let me know right now before we get into it in the comments. Um, who do you think is a guy who's underpriced? I've yet to look at this, so I'll see the comments obviously after. Uh, who do you think is a guy that's underpriced? This is really where my process starts. I just look at the salaries like everybody else, right? For people who ask me about my process, this is it. You take a gander at the salaries, you pull the file out right here. People have asked me that as well. You click export CSV and you get a nice little file there. You can take all that information. And from there, you can go and you can build your sheets, your models, whatever you want to do with it. That's all where it starts. Export CSV, they give you the salaries. Um, So quarterback, Russell Wilson, $7,200, two $7,000 quarterbacks. I think we had this one week with uh, Patty Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. If I remember correctly, he's like $7,500 Mahomes, $7,000 Lamar Jackson. $7,200 Russell Wilson coming off of by far the worst start, um, closing the gap between uh, your man, Russell and Aaron Rodgers just going off, making him now a more uh, likely MVP candidate. So closing the gap a little bit, but Wilson still probably has been the best quarterback uh, in the league. Just got picked on a Marcus Peters pick six, where Peters is just going to be a guy who gambles and Wilson just kind of ducked it a little bit. Didn't put enough oomph in that fast ball to the outside, to the right on his pass attempt picked off by Peters. So Wilson 7,200 against Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta's giving up how many fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. It's now the most in the league. 
They jumped, I believe, ahead of Cincinnati slightly. Now the most fantasy points in the league against quarterbacks. You can see just a couple of floor games in here. The problem with Wilson is, uh, and they're going to be road favorites here, three and a half point favorites. The problem with Wilson is you have to get him as an underdog. So I'm not paying top dollar for cash. No, no way. Uh, I might have interest in tournaments, but probably not at that price point. This is what happens when he's not an underdog. Now, Arizona is a team that is stinks. And Atlanta, although they have talent on their team still at their wide receiver position and mainly on offense, they still stink. Um, so if you get a situation where they come on the road here uh, to Atlanta, which will be tougher to kind of get a big lead on the road than at home for sure. But if they get into a lead, it, it could just be run Chris Carson type of day. And Atlanta's run defense has actually been pretty stout. Maybe not against pass catching backs, although this year it's skewed a little bit to show that they are a little bit better there. But for the most part, allowing yards per carry, whatever it is, effectiveness of running backs, pretty stout. So Wilson and Cash, a naked quarterback, makes a little bit more sense to me, honestly, because um, the rushing upside that we've seen him have his ceiling type games with getting in on the ground twice, three times this season, twice in one game. But it's not a price I really want to pay for, to be honest with you. Deshaun Watson at home against Oakland. We just saw what Aaron Rodgers did on only 31 pass attempts against Oakland. That's a really good spot for Deshaun Watson. But again, um, do I want to pay that price tag? Maybe if we have a lot of money and there's good value, we'll come back to it. Jared Goff, 6,800 at home against Cincy. The other really good matchup, and he's at home, which is we know the road, home road splits for Goff. Goff coming off of a very good performance where he gets a rushing touchdown. Um, he had like... Uh, a one-yard rushing touchdown, whatever it might have been. Uh, and you just had all these receivers just getting, oh my God, absolutely stonewalled. You get a running touchdown for Jared Goff. You get Gerald Everett a touchdown, a passing touchdown for Todd Gurley. So in a game where Goff does well, he has 25 fantasy points. You look at it, you go, ooh, which one of those three wide receivers scores a touchdown? Which one of those two, three wide receivers score a touchdown? None of Cup, Woods, or Cook score a touchdown. And then the second half is just run City very ineffectively, to be honest with you, against Atlanta, who again, decent run defense. Um, Goff, 6,800. It's a good spot, good tournament spot because you know who to pair him with, not really for cash. At home against Cleveland is Tom Brady at 66. Don't really want to pay for that, although Brady is throwing a decent amount per game. Josh Allen, 65 at home against Philly, who once again, we saw Dak have a very good game. Quarterbacks just continue to have their way. Um, Mills is back for Philly. They're getting a little bit healthier at cornerback, but it doesn't really matter. Um, Darby back. It doesn't really matter. These guys are still bad. They're, they're bad even when they are healthy. It's a bad secondary. So uh, Josh Allen, the rushing upside, we know it's there. He is averaging, coming into last week, 31 rushing attempts per game or rushing yards per game. You know what he did? He got 32. So he's sticking right at his average of about 31, 31 and a half rushing yards uh, per game. Now he gets Philly. A uh, good spot for Josh Allen, without a doubt. If you want to pay for it, this seems like the best spot so far based on price. But again, we have yet to go down a little bit more. Kyler Murray traveling on the road should be getting Christian Kirk back. Been a game time decision like the last two weeks should be getting back. We'll see. They said he needs another week to fully recover. Well, this is that week. So um, that helps the offense for sure. Uh, and not really a spot that we'll, sec- we'll see what David Johnson's doing, but not really a spot that I want to target against New Orleans on the road. Now, yes, you throw on them. Uh, Kyler Murray on the ground should have more upside uh, because the running back shouldn't have upside here against New Orleans, but uh, maybe not for 6,200. Matthew Stafford at home against a very bad giant secondary Stafford. I mean, in a shootout out of nowhere, maybe not out of nowhere is somewhat predictable, uh, but not likely between Minnesota and the Lions. You get a 30-point ceiling game since week one. It's the highest he scored this year. He had 30 now two times this season, but Matt Stafford going to go against these Giants and Grant Haley in the slot. Terrible player against Danny Amendola. Advantage Danny Amendola. On the outside, we just saw Marvin Jones have a career game. On the outside, it's going to be Janora Schenkins, most likely on Kenny Galladay, who was silenced last week. Only two targets, one of those targets being a failed two-point conversion attempt. So outside of that, he just caught a catch uh, downfield for 21 yards. Not much usage on 45 attempts. I don't think that means anything really. I think it was maybe some scheming to scheme Kenny Galladay, take him out a little bit, but for the most part, just a fluky game, right? Um, nothing to really read into there. There's no injuries. We know what Kenny Galladay is. We know what Marvin Jones is. Galladay's the number one. Jones is the number two, although Jones performed very well. Uh, Stafford, very good matchup, 6,100. Um, due to the rushing upside of Allen, I think I still prefer Allen and what is probably better matchup in the secondary, uh, but Stafford has just a little bit more weapons. 
So Allen seems good. Matt Ryan at home, we have to see. He's in a walking boot. We'll see what that happens at home against Seattle secondary, which I do believe is still pretty suspect. It's a decent price point for a guy who people are probably going to be down on in tournaments because of the injury. So keep an eye on how he is um, doing, in, and we can check that out later this week. I do like Matt Ryan as tournaments. He'll have just not as much interest because he performed poorly and he's coming off an injury. But if he's healthy, $6,000 at home against a suspect secondary. I do like that. Teddy Bridgewater at home against Arizona is interesting. 5,900 Bridgewater um, on the season so far. We know since those injuries, he's just not mobile anymore. So you're really relying on his passing attack against now a pretty bad secondary, and he's going to be at home. Interesting at 5,900. Just don't think I want to pay that price point. Like he's, in my opinion, like a $5,500 quarterback. Doesn't seem like a big price point, but it is when you consider if you're saving $300 per position or so at those types of plays. Well, now you're up a tier at one of your positions. Jameis on the road against Tennessee. Not the spot that I really want to target Jameis on the road, even though he's coming off a bye. Not the greatest of spots against a, a, a more a defense that's going to play very blanket and make you throw to the middle of the field, which is good for Godwin individually, um, but not really the upside of the Mike Evans in this offense. Daniel Jones on the road against Detroit. Not a terrible matchup, as you just saw with Kirk Cousins. Even if Slay's back and he came out of that last game questionable, we'll track his status. Slay hasn't been that great this year. Um, Coleman's probably their best cornerback, primarily working out of the slot, which is where Golden Tate has been having success. Not a ton of interest on first look at Daniel Jones. So yeah, not much down here. I mean, Carson Wentz on the road in Buffalo. Not That's the worst environment, I think, to go into is Buffalo, especially once it starts getting colder. Sure, the Superdome's tough, New England's tough. I think Buffalo is one of the worst places to go into, especially now that these fans have like realistic hope with the team being 5-1, uh, and one, I believe, so far. Jimmy G at home. These quarterbacks are just very mad to me. Uh, Sam Darnold on the road against Jacksonville. That's a decent spot for him. We'll see what he does against New England tonight. Maybe you get lower ownership if he doesn't perform well for tournaments. In cash, it's, it's, a, it's a decent spot at 55. Kyle Allen's supposed to start again against San Fran's daunting defense and secondary. No interest and pass rush. Um, you get Philip Rivers going into Chicago. No Hakeem, Nicks or, um, Hakeem Hicks, so that should be good for... Uh, the Chargers ground game, but Gordon has been pretty bad and their offensive line's been pretty terrible. No real interest. Cam Newton's supposed to be out again. Minshew at home against the Jets secondary seems nice. Minshew on the grounds averaging, I believe, um, the fourth most rushing yards, fifth most rushing yards, and eh, maybe fourth now. Fourth most rushing yards per game after going for 48. What do you like here? <laughs> do you like Ryan Tannehill? In, who was very good. He made this offense move down the field. I, I give him that much credit. Only threw 29 times, but he was very good in those attempts. Ended up having two touchdowns. Um, it went to Tajay Sharp, went to Corey Davis in the back of the end zone to Sharp. Uh, yeah, this is a spot where Ryan Tannehill at 5,100. Is he cash game viable against this terrible Bucks secondary coming off a bye at home? Uh, in, a, in, a, in a team where you can't really run against this Bucks team, you can't. And Derrick Henry, that's what they want to do. So maybe when it's not all on Tannehill's shoulders, he might fold a little bit. But he looked good. Tannehill's interception was not his fault. He got hit on the blind side, and it, it just popped up in the air. Baker Mayfield, 5,000 against New England's defense. Yeah, I know it's a cheap price point for him, but I, I don't really want to get there, to be honest with you. Um and that's it. Joe Flacco on the road against Indy, not a good spot to face his own defense. These are terrible spots for quarterbacks. Matt Schaub at 4,700 if he starts against Seattle secondary, meh. Like, what stands out to me is the fact that Tannehill is 5,100 in a very good matchup, and he looked good. Like, the, the name doesn't sound attractive. I get it, but get the biases out of your head for this one week. It's a decent spot. What stands out to me is Gardner Minshew at home against the Jets. Um, Brissett at home against Denver, not really. That secondary's only allowed, like, two passing touchdowns all year, or three now, I think. It's really Josh Allen you pay up for, you go to Ryan Tannehill. For this purpose, I'm going to go to Ryan Tannehill just so we, we can see what else we can spend up at other positions. Let's just throw a defense in here for the the, the reasoning of going a little bit quicker. Um, not, uh, I like home defenses. The fact that the Colts were like a pick they were one-point underdog at home last week at 2,000, yeah, that's a slam dunk play. Um, what do we have this week? Atlanta, a road dog against Seattle. Um, they're three-point underdogs, three-and-a-half to get the hook at home. 
And, and now, look, DraftKings is starting to realize this. All the other teams are now uh, priced up. You have the Texans, who have a good pass rush against Oakland, uh, decent at stopping the run. Josh Jacobs, they're middle of the pack, really. Detroit against the Giants is a decent spot, not the greatest, especially if Mike Daniels doesn't play. And now you're starting to get up there in price. I do like Indy once again at home against Denver. Let's throw them in there at 2,900. Let's see what happens. Let's go to tight end, and then we'll fill out the rest. Um, actually, let's go to running back. McCaffrey's on the slate. He's 9,200, and he's facing one of the best run defenses in the league in San Francisco. Really good team. Really good defense overall. So, I mean, McCaffrey's obviously the heart and soul of this team, but McCaffrey is also facing one of the best teams in the league. So, surely, he has a floor more times than not. This seven's an outlier. More times than not of a realistic floor of somewhere close to 18, 20 because of his passing game work. What is this picture on Christian McCaffrey? He looks intimidating as fuck. Damn. All right. 9200 you get Saquon against Detroit which is a good matchup for Saquon if indeed that you're not going to have any as long as he's healthy he got a little bit nicked up but he still played over 80% of the snaps good matchup including if you're going to have um Mike Daniels out for Detroit again he's missed the last couple weeks has been questionable but not really a game time decision just ruled out early Leonard Fournette's price point finally comes up the guy just touched the ball 31 times he's leading the league in opportunities oh but Sally wasn't using the passing game he only had two catches for 14 yards all right so he gets 3.4 points in the receiving game for you in a game where he doesn't need to because he has 29 attempts on the ground. Come on, give the guy a break. Okay, no, but really, his price point is up to a point where I think it's appropriate. I think it's still enough that you can want to pay him because of his workload. Um, but maybe this week we pause a little bit more. Carson, a home or Carson, a road favorite against Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, look, teams think that this is still the same old Atlanta team. $7,000 on first look at least. I don't have much interest in Chris Carson. Um, Atlanta's run defense has been very, very good. Todd Gurley at home. Price point comes up to 7,400 against Cincy. I get it. This matchup against Cincy is really good. Todd Gurley played over 60% of the snaps in a week where uh, he was dealing with injuries somewhat, but pretty much practiced for the full week and was cleared off the injury report. So he had the attempts, though. This is the thing that matters. He played 60-something percent of the snaps, sure, but he still touched the ball 19 times, got a touchdown on the air. So we do like to see that, right? We like to see the fact that he had 18 attempts, and eventually it's going to all come together for him. $7,400 in cash, though, eh, in tournaments with this matchup. Yeah, I do like that. $7,400 in cash. It's definitely in play. Um, Le'Veon Bell, $6,900. Let's, let's maybe we put him in there. You get Edmonds is priced up, obviously, because if David Johnson's out for some reason. David Johnson against New Orleans. Don't really have interest in those guys right now. Nick Chubb out on the road against New England. Let's put Bell in here at 6900 Last time everybody went to Bell at like a cheap $6,400 price tag. He, he let everybody down with 12 fantasy points. Jacksonville's been one of the bottom end defenses in the league against the run. You have Darnold back. We'll see what happens with Bell tonight. Hopefully he stays healthy. But let's put Bell in there right now. I do want to get up to one of these top end guys, whether it's Saquon or McCaffrey. So we'll see what we can fit in there. Both of them, I think, are fine. Saquon has the better matchup. McCaffrey has probably the best role in all of football right now. Austin Eckler should be the starting running back there. Josh Jacobs on the road against Houston. Josh Jacobs, even in a game where his team's getting blown out, still sees 23 attempts, still three sees 24 total touches. Jacobs, he looked rare. he's looked good all year. Um, Latavius Murray, not, not expensive enough. Wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. I, I wasn't expecting him to be this cheap. Yeah, Alvin Kamara, it seems like he's dealing with that. If he's indeed dealing with a high ankle like they're reporting, that took Saquon a month. And that's the earliest you can come back from it. So Kamara's probably out like another two, three, four weeks, right? Uh, if this is indeed a high ankle, we'll see what it is. It's saying it's an ankle or knee. He's been ruled out for Sunday, of course, yes. Uh, Murray went absolutely nuclear this past week in a very difficult matchup. Although it's kind of hidden that without Akeem Nix, this is a very a lot worse of a run defense for Chicago that they just faced. But still, I mean, you can't ignore that Murray had 32 total touches. I think led the whole slate one more than Leonard Fournette. Five receptions, which is obviously huge for PPR format when you're considering cash. This is going to be the chalk play of the week if Alvin Kamara is out again, especially against an Arizona defense that has not been giving up a ton of points to running backs this year, but they're not good in terms of efficiency. Teams are just throwing on them more down the field because Patrick Peterson now back, but before that, teams are just targeting down the field. So 
yeah, Murray at 5,800 seems completely fine to me. Uh, we'll see if we can fit in. The goal is to fit in a Saquon or a McCaffrey in the flex spot at the end, or I guess what time do these teams play? New England, Cleveland, Oakland, and Houston, San Fran, and Carolinas. Yeah, so McCaffrey would go in the flex spot, then the other one, it doesn't really matter. Um, let's go with tight ends, and then we'll fill up wide receivers. Kittle, 6,500 at home against Carolina. Meh, right? I mean, uh, Marquise Goodwin, I believe, got hurt in the last one. Dante Pettis played like 92% of the snaps, which is pretty cool. Finally seeing him get some work. Uh, Darren Waller's still too cheap. <laughs> Honestly, at 5,900, still too cheap for the role that he has. Look, in games where they're going to be trailing, Darren Waller's going to be a huge option. He had a third touchdown, the first one of the day call back. He actually punched a Packer fan in the face. I went back and I looked at a replay. I about it pretty messed up there Mueller. Uh, a little bump down for you in terms of how much i like you but we'll still take it for fantasy purposes you got me 35 points this weekend we'll take it um, got two touchdowns one in garbage time with a backup in the game i forgot who came in the game for them uh, but i think it was like glennon threw him a touchdown uh, so he's still cheap enough right but let's see if we can find a cheap guy uh, in here in buffalo for zach Ertz. not the greatest against his own defense although they will funnel more so to the middle than to the downfield and Ertz is probably still the number one option i don't know if deshaun jackson will be back but really brutal matchup for him and now goddard's being more involved in the offense coming off the line as a pass blocker because they're trailing in some of these games we'll see if that keeps going forward um evan ingram on the road against detroit we'll see what his status is seems like he got a little bit nicked up but overall seems fine um at the close of that game didn't do too much actually did he get really badly injured uh did not appear to be too hobbled uh to be too hobbled yeah, yeah i saw undisclosed injury so he came out i saw that um but we'll monitor that obviously austin hooper at home against seattle i believe this is a good spot for hooper once again the price point doesn't change but we have to monitor all right matt ryan and for the people that are going to say oh but austin hooper saw three targets and all three in three of his four catches and a touchdown with matt schaub I agree. It's good that he looked his way, but tight ends benefit the most from soft zone coverages, right? A soft zone is going to help everybody because they're not going to press you at the line of scrimmage. You have more of a cushion, but it's going to help tight ends the most because you have the middle of the field that's very soft too. Um, so that's the argument against that. It was obviously clearly garbage time. And they were letting you walk down the field just to burn the clock out. Hunter Henry on the road against Chicago. Hey, if Rokon Smith is going to be out, then this is a decent spot for Hunter Henry. We'll monitor that at 4,900. Once again, Hunter Henry got going in the second half of this one, but he played, I believe, right around 90% of the snaps, 91% of the snaps this past week. He's been effective every single week he's been out there. He's been pretty much paying off even at 10 fantasy points. That doesn't kill you when he's $4,900. But at that week, he was 3,900. So he's been paying off his price tags left and right this season. Uh, 4,900 seems to be an okay price tag for him. Um, but again, pretty difficult matchup against the Chicago Bears. But his defense has not been looking as uptight as it was last year and that's usually what you see defenses regress chris herndon follow his status probably not gonna have much interest uh, not not much interest in these guys down here josh hill i know he scored a touchdown had a couple of catches and he had three yeah he had three catches with no jared cook monitor that status if you want but mainly i stay up here uh gerald everett against cincy is a really good spot obviously people want to do this flow chart stuff against arizona so if josh hill's going to be the guy that you want to go to this week good luck he's 3200 he's cheap but no real interest right now we'll monitor jared cook i do think gerald everett's interesting in a game where they didn't have to throw that much, he sees 10 targets, right? This isn't great, the 40% catch rate, but that's not going to hold up. One touchdown, not too bad. Uh, Gerald Everett's interesting at that price point. For cash, do I completely trust it? No, but he's cheaper, so that's the main reason we're looking at him so much. Um, so the guys that stand out for me right now, I still think that Darren Waller's too cheap against Houston. Houston has been good against tight ends, though, but I think he is too cheap against Houston. We saw Austin Hooper have a fine game against Houston, though. Austin Hooper's still fine if Matt Ryan is healthy. Um, Hunter Henry, and then like Gerald Everett. Those are the guys that stand out. Some guys about to open it up right here on this car. So a guy that I'm going to put in here just for now to see what we can fit in at wide receiver. Let's go for now based on matchups, the ones that look the best at home as an underdog for Hooper says you're going to throw a little bit more. Well, let's just say Matt Ryan plays. We'll put Hooper in here. If he doesn't play, uh, I probably shift this lineup down and I go to a guy like maybe Everett. 
Wide receiver Hopkins finally gets in the end zone. Should have had two touchdowns. Maybe should have had two touchdowns. I didn't review it because they said that Watson was declared down even though he never hit the ground. He was just in the grasp of the defender. Kind of dumb even though he was still throwing the ball. Um, Michael Thomas is... Is Michael Thomas the most consistent wide receiver in fantasy football or just in football in general? Is he the most consistent? I mean, this year, yes. It's without a question. Cup was until the past couple of weeks. But this year, yes, especially when you consider quarterback play. But, I mean, he's averaging... I mean, this is obviously an outlier going to skew it up, but he is averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. Not even just that, like he's been fantastic, 23.6. But is he the most consistent? Like, has yet to have a floor game. Now he gets Arizona. Now he has Drew Brees coming back potentially this week, but probably um, in a couple weeks. This guy's just so, so good. Like, it's really hard not to like Michael Thomas, but $8,000 for cash. if we want to pay up for running backs, a little bit restrictive. Julio at home, see what happens to Matt Ryan. Cup again, really good matchup against Cincy. Has not been producing, but it's really just the way that the games are going. It's not Cup or any of these receivers' faults. Against San Fran, Jared Goff was an absolute donkey and a potato out there. And now you have um, Atlanta. They just get up ahead really big. The whole second half, they don't throw. In the first half, he has four catches for like 40 yards. He's having a good day, right? Eight fantasy points at the half. Does something in the second half, scores a touchdown. It's a typ- typical Cup day from the first quarter of the season. Um, but y- the game script uh, ends him there, and that might very well happen once again. I do like Godwin against Tennessee. Tennessee, Logan Ryan in the slot is a somewhat difficult matchup. Definitely held Keenan Allen down the second half this past week. Um, but I think Godwin has the size advantage over Allen, uh, uh, over a guy like Logan Ryan. But we'll see as we go forward. Uh, Tyler Lockett against Atlanta is a good matchup. 7K, somewhat of a steep price point. Odell against New England. I get it. It's a really tough matchup. Cheap price point. Keenan Allen versus Chicago. Cheap. T- uh, all right. Kenny Galladay, 6,400. Do you go back to the well to a guy who only sees two targets? We talked about one being just a, a dropped um, or, or an, a not completed two-point conversion. I think I do. 6,400 is a nice price point for him. Um, Allen Robinson against the Chargers. He'll move into the slot, maybe avoid a lot of Casey Hayward. Allen Robinson has been able to beat good cornerbacks like Marshawn Lattimore this week, and he moves into the slot enough to have a good matchup. Uh, maybe you go back there. You have John Brown against Philly. That's one. John Brown against Philly below 6K. Yes, please. Uh, 5,900. That stands out, right? That stands out for a guy who's not just running deep routes. I keep saying this. He's running crisp routes all over the field. Um, DJ Shark against the Jets. That's a very good matchup. His price tag, I don't think, moved at all. I think he was 6000 last week. Yeah, it doesn't move at all. Um, interesting. T.Y. Hilton's price barely comes up against Denver. Probably face Chris Harris Jr., although Tyreek beat him. But Tyreek beats a lot of guys for 57-yard touchdown last week. Golden Tate in the slot against Detroit. Golden Tate's been the man that is getting looked at nonstop. These slot wide receivers for the Giants are just getting stared down right now by Daniel Jones. And the amount of volume they're getting is keeping them very much active. So 5800 is interesting. Ridley and not so much, not not going to chase Marvin Jones. I think that this range right here, once again, Galladay, 64. This range, Allen Robinson and Shark is interesting for cash. I think I like Galladay the most against the Giants. I do think I like Golden Tate, to be honest with you. Uh, more difficult matchup against Coleman in the slot, but he's just getting so much volume. Larry Fitz against New Orleans in the slot. It'll be a good matchup, but Larry Fitz has just been doing nothing, but the price tag is now coming down. It's finally down to where it was. The cheapest was, what, week three when he continued to produce. Price tag's finally down. And here's the thing. He's been not producing because they're not running a lot of four wide receiver sets. Where's Christian Kirk on this? Because now I'm very curious. Yep. Yep. Christian Kirk's $4,700. Yep. You messed that one up, DraftKings. If Christian Kirk does indeed come back this week, Fitzgerald and Kirk are in good spots. Look, I get it. But Fitzgerald hasn't been producing. Yeah, we even said it on the Awesome Show this past week, I think on Thursday. Christian Kirk's been out. They're not running as much four wide receiver sets. Instead of Larry Fitzgerald playing 94% of the snaps in the slot and 99 total snaps, he's only playing 74% because they're running more 11 personnel and less four wide, four wide receiver sets and a couple more two wide receiver sets. Farrell Cooper, their number four wide receiver, their other slot receiver, is only getting 35% of the snaps. When Christian Kirk comes back, they're going to play those guys each like 85, 90% of the snaps and run more five, four wide receiver sets. They just don't trust Farrell Cooper. So when that happens, more overall snaps and targets for Larry Fitzgerald when Kirk comes back and obviously Kirk. So Kirk being 4,700, big no-no. 
we're at 6,600 a person, which gives us a decent average play, right? Like running back and stuff. But that's if we, we want to fit Saquon or McCaffrey. And they're both on the road. McCaffrey's matchup is much, much more difficult. Um, but this passing game work is just so elite. Uh, let's put Saquon in the flex. We get $4,300 to spend at wide receiver. I do like that amount. I think it leaves us something to get to. Uh, I think we have a decent amount of players here. Maybe we go down from Bell if we, if we can't afford anything down here. Uh, let's just see if we can put something in. Zach Pascal had a good game. Now he gets Denver, but he did it on very limited snaps, less, less than less than 50%. A.J. Brown, I'm really liking him. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, A.J. Brown, I'm liking for tournaments. Not so much cash, but, I mean, we could put him in for now. Not so much tournaments, but A.J. Brown is just way, way, way too cheap. $4,100 for that sort of upside. Finally playing 60% of the snaps on average the last three weeks. Finally taking over the job, the number two receiver job from uh, Tajay Sharp. And he looks really good. Um, He does look really good out there. Emmanuel Sanders, if he's going to play more in the slot, but he doesn't against the Colts, uh, it's a decent price tag for him, but we can't afford him at this lineup. You can go down at defense and afford somebody else, I guess. We can afford this range of like the Kenny Stills. So this is actually a nice spot. Let's try and do this. Let's get Kenny Stills in here at home against Oakland. Can we go down from the defense to a $2,500 defense? Yes, we can. The Bucks against Tennessee. Coming off the bye. They're good against the run, not good in the air. Um, Carolina against San Francisco. I like that. There we go. This is the lineup. I like it. Look, Kenny Stills, he played 90 plus percent of the snaps, was the wide receiver number two, had over 100 yards. Will Fuller's expected to miss a couple of weeks. Man, I like that. So obviously Ryan Tannehill's the problem here. Like, do you trust him? Tampa Bay matchup, I'll take my chances at 5,100. We end up getting Le'Veon Bell in our lineups, um, which Le'Veon Bell, we know the upside of him. We can afford a $7,000 player if we get off of Le'Veon Bell, but I think I like Le'Veon Bell more than Chris Carson. Yes, I do. Xavius Murray, it seems like Kamar should be missing more time. We'll monitor that. John Brown's too cheap. Christian Kirk, too, way too cheap. If he comes back for this matchup, going to be in the slot. $4,700 is a joke for a guy averaging close to 10 targets per game this season through his three or four games. Kenny Stills, um, yeah, he had a great game, right? Had a big catch in this game, 45-yard catch, and he's going to take on the Will Fuller role for the next couple of weeks, it seems. Austin Hooper, fine. We, we can go off of Hooper and get to somewhere else if we want in terms of more expensive or cheaper. You can go to Evan Ingram here if you really want to. I think I'll just prefer Saquon from the same team. Yeah, that's where I'm at. If Hooper, if Matt Ryan's out, then sure, get off of Hooper, go somewhere else. But I think this is what the salaries look like. I think this is decent to start. Obviously, do not go and play this lineup. It is literally Monday. It's technically week seven still since Monday, not as, Monday night is not yet um, completed. So, with that said, I like it. I think we have initial value due to Will Fuller's injury. Christian Kirk coming back, his price points just, it's too cheap. It really is. So is Larry Fitz is coming down to 5,400. Um, there's going to be adjustments for that team. So with that said, thank you for watching this video. My name is Sal Vetri. You can find my Twitter at SalVetriDFS. You can subscribe to this channel. We're about to hit 13,000. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You can listen to the audio version. If you leave a review, you'll be entered into a raffle this week for a $25 entry into Fantasy Drafts, uh, where I really like playing over there. But Fantasy Drafts, uh, rake free main event contest it's called uh, you can do that linked down below if you're listening on the audio version how your ears doing hope you're still listening make sure to five star rate takes a couple seconds five star rate and then review it takes a couple seconds leave your fantasy draft handle also like this video really appreciate that helps me out and go follow me on my social medias also instagram you can follow me on there and on sal vetri facebook page so thank you check out patreon if you want more exclusive content from me nba is starting tomorrow which is tuesday as i record this on monday um and there will be projections up on patreon as well as an already video out for tuesday thank you so much i really appreciate all of you each and every single one of you this is a dream job and i love it so thank you for all the support my name is sal peace out gang I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.